What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. I'm your host, Dan Casper, as always. This episode of the Man Cave Podcast is a Dan Casper Show instant replay. Segments from my radio show, the Dan Casper Show, replayed right here on the Man Cave Podcast. Enjoy. Not, not out of it. Not out of it. Not yet, given how... The rest of the NFC is is shaping up here, but still, tough tough stretch uh, with the with the schedule coming up here, and you got a short week after an emotional win last night. You gotta gotta put that to the side, celebrate last night, feel good about it last night. Then it's on to Tennessee because Tennessee's coming to town on Thursday night with King Henry, Henry Derrick Henry, and that running game. So enjoy it, live it up which we'll do today, but then it's a quick turnaround and still a must-win game uh, against Tennessee on Thursday. So uh, let's, let's, let's get things rolling here on this, on this opening drive. Packers with that 31-28 victory in overtime against the Dallas Cowboys. Packers looked like at first they were going to be down 14 to nothing in the early parts of the game in the, in the second quarter there, but Rudy Ford... Making the pick in the end zone. Packers capitalized with a touchdown. Rudy Ford with another pick. Packers capitalized with another touchdown to go up 14-7. But then Cowboys taking some momentum away before the half as they were able to tie it up. Uh Packers were able to get the ball or Packers were getting the ball back in the in the second half there. But uh Mario Rogers fumble. Again, on a punt return. And earlier in the game, too, he bobbled a punt. Cowboys jumping out to a 28-14 lead in the fourth quarter, heading into the fourth quarter. And Packers offense, who would have thought? Who would have sunk? It would be the Packers offense able to put up 14 points in that fourth quarter, tie it up, go to overtime, Dallas stops the Cowboys on four, fourth and three. A lot of uh, a lot of people second guessing the decision by Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys to go for it on fourth and three. Packers defense stopped them. Packers able to move the ball down the field thanks to a third and one slant pass to Alan Lazard, and then Mason Crosby with the walk off field goal, thirty one twenty eight. Uh, a game full of emotions and ups and downs. And, I mean, just being in the stadium, it was like, oh, boy. You know, the the waves of emotions. At first, you're thinking, oh, good God, it's going to be 14 nothing, Then the pick, and then you're up 14-7. You're feeling good. And then it's like, got tied up. And then the, 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 the fumbled punt. And it's like, oh, Lord, come on. And then they claw back into it. And then you're just like. The, the energy and the intensity in that stadium. Holy moly. Like I said after, uh, earlier, I can't remember another game leaving Lambeau where I was that jacked up, that pumped up after a win. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that I think coming in, if Green Bay was going to win, it was going to be an upset. And you can't say that too many times in the last few years. Kind of go into Lambeau and you're thinking you've got the mindset that you're expecting a W. You're expecting the win. Last night was a little bit different. And they got it. You're pumped up. You're jacked up. So, that was pretty cool. 
That was pretty cool. Obviously, we could point to a couple of uh, you know negatives and that sort of stuff. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But let's focus on the positives to begin the the morning. Let's focus on this. How about the commitment to the run game last night? We'll start off with the offense. We'll get to the defense here in a sec. But let's start off with the commitment to the run game. Aaron Jones, 24 carries, a buck 38. A.J. Dillon, 13 carries, 65 yards. Packers ran the ball, if you want to count Aaron Rodgers, two scrambles there too. Uh, But uh, Packers ran the ball for 39 times. 39 times. Only threw the ball 20 times. Doubling it up in the run game. Doubling it up. Rodgers going 14 to 20 for 20, uh, 224 and three touchdowns. But sticking to that run. Having success. Not only sticking with the run. It's one thing to stick with the run. But having success running the football too. So sticking with it and having success. Setting up that play action. And taking advantage of some throws down the field. That was, can we can we all agree? I mean, outside of the, you know the scoring and and that, but probably the most or the best offensive performance from the, from what we've seen from from Green Bay this year. Maybe the most, I wouldn't say like fully complete, but maybe the most complete ish. I mean, that's that's the type of offense that we've probably would have liked to have seen earlier this year, committing to the run. Opening up the play action. Taking some shots down the field. Throwing the ball down the field. That's that's what we wanted to see. And, you know, Christian Watson dropping a couple balls in the early parts of the uh, in the contest. But uh, going back to him, that... That deep pass to, to Watson, that was right in front of us. And the angle that we could see, it was like you could tell what right away. It's like Watson got him. But it's like everybody was just kind of holding on to their breath. Like, is he going to catch it? And he made it. You can just tell it was like getting the monkey off his back. Getting all, like Aaron Rodgers said after the game, exercise the demons. Exercising the demons. Getting that tud. Gaining that confidence. And then he follows it up by a couple more touchdowns there, too. So give the kid credit. Give Christian Watson a lot of credit. Because some of the boo birds were coming out with, with Watson in the early part of the game with those drops. Frustration. But he bounced back and had a fantastic game last night. Offensive line, I got to give them a little bit of a shout out too. When you're looking at you know Dallas's defense, they they finished the game with two sacks, but this was a Dallas defense that you know can get after the quarterback. Parsons, Lawrence, we were talking Friday. You know, offensive line play. It's got to start up front. Protect, opening up the run hole or running game. And I thought the offensive line did a, did a pretty darn good job. I thought they did a pretty darn good job last night. When you have success running the football and you stay committed to that, you're taking away, you're neutralizing that pass rush. 
You're neutralizing Micah Parsons. You're neutralizing De- Demarcus Lawrence. Lawrence did have a sack last night. Parsons, he didn't. Micah Parsons didn't even have a quarterback hit last night. So I got to give a big thumbs up, shout out to, to the offensive line play too. I mean, there was a couple of hiccups. It wasn't like 100% clean by any means. But having that success with that running game, building that confidence, what a trickle-down effect, huh? What a trickle-down effect. Defensively, I think we got to start with this kid, Rudy Ford. You know, he was a addition before the season. Jacksonville releases him. Packers pick him up, mostly for special teams play. Then you see him in the early parts of the game opening up in the back end with at that safety spot, Savage playing a little bit of the, the nickel slot. Like, all right. But Rudy Ford, not only with, with the two picks, but there was a couple plays where he was like shot out of a cannon helping out in the run game. I mean, there was one play in particular as a running play. And I think Pollard you know, still gained like five yards or anything. But there was a lot of green. And all of a sudden, you just see Rudy Ford like fly in there and make the play. The instincts were there. So when we look at this defense, I, I think it starts with, with Rudy Ford. you got to give that, that guy a lot of credit. Got an opportunity to, to make some plays on defense, to get some more snaps on defense, not just be a special teams guy. And he took full advantage of it last night. Give him a lot of credit. He did fantastic. Uh, I'll be curious to know too, like what uh, when I don't know if they're out yet or not. I'll have to look it up. But like Jair Alexander's grade, uh, I'll be curious to know what like his Pro Football Focus grade was because I mean there were times where you know he had some big pass breakups in that game too, and some big moments. And that's what you want from your number one corner, right? I mean, if you're going to pay him all that much. You know, the highest paid corner in the league. He's got to have those shutdown moments. And Jair made some big plays last night. Pass defense. Savage, though, you know, struggling a little bit. A little bit of miscommunication there. A couple times in the game. C.D. Lamb, when he was matched up against Savage, a few times, taking advantage of that. Cowboys able to expose that. You're looking at uh, you know CD Lamb's numbers. He went 11 catches for a buck 50. I haven't. I have to look up, but I'd like to know the breakdown of what you know those catches were lined up across like like Savage. What those numbers were for CD Lamb compared to Jair. But the Packers capitalizing on turnovers too. I think that was the big thing, capitalizing on those two picks. That was huge. And, you know, Green Bay, remember, they fumbled the ball uh, technically three times, but lost only two of them because you remember the Aaron Rodgers one too. And you're just like, Phew. But it was just like a gritty, gritty gut-out performance. Like, you just... You could tell they 
never gave up. Down 14 in the fourth. I mean, looking at, you know, the other few games. It's like, yeah, that's probably the nail in the coffin there. They grinded it out. They gritted it out. And you could just tell it was like after the game was over, it was like a big sigh of relief, especially from Matt LaFleur. He was pretty emotional in the locker room talking to his team, choked up a little bit in the uh, in his media availability and his post-game presser. I mean, and maybe I'll play the clip coming up here after after the break. But you can just tell it was like, obviously he's not used to going through a stretch of losing what? One, two, three, four, yeah, five in a row. Just like felt like, oh, finally getting through it. Got it done. Got back in the wind column. We got a victory Monday. Well, you got a quick turnaround. Got to get it out of your mind now. Got to get out of your mind today. Got to focus on Tennessee. Still in it. That was like the biggest thing I take away from from the game last night was just the grit. Because how many times did we see so far this year? You're down 14 or something like that, and you just didn't have the confidence that they were going to be able to come back from that. Like that was, was too much of a lead to come back from. They grinded it out. I got her done. And I know, hey, this team is still four and six. This might this very well might be the po- most positive thing this team has all year. I don't want to try to make it out like here we go, Super Bowl undefeated run there. I mean obviously I'm I'm hoping that would be the case. That would be absolutely awesome. But I think after these five weeks having a game like that, fans should be a little pumped up. They should be a little bit excited. Season hasn't gone the way that we had all hoped, the way that we all expected. Enjoy the win. Enjoy it. Live it up. You know, want you, but then you know after the day, after about like let's say five o'clock today. All right, move on to Tennessee. We're on to Tennessee. But I know you know some Packers fans might get a little flack from from some other fans for. For being pumped up about this game, you're like, oh, you're still four and six, and all. Yeah, this season has been poo-poo. It's been, it's been down. But you know what? We'll take these victories when we can get them now. And that was a fun game last night. That was a fun game. Back and forth, the ups and downs, the emotion going back and forth. Holy moly! It's like Ron Burgundy in the phone booth with a glass case of emotion. That's what it felt like there. And then to, to get that big W, you should be celebrating. You should be happy. You should be pumped. You should be excited. Yeah, it's still four and six. Yeah, it's still a huge mountain to climb. But come on. Let's be a little bit jacked up about a victory, huh? Right? I mean, for crying out loud, if you'd listen to G-Man on Friday... Bet your 401k, you're probably a millionaire this morning. I'm sure G-Man probably just doubled his 401k from, I don't know, it might be a couple bucks to a few bucks now for as much as he probably bet your 401k there, G-Man. But nonetheless, let's be excited. Let's get jacked up. Might be the only time for the rest of the season. You never know. Oh, great game last night. Not a complete game, but 
probably the closest to a fully complete game, right? Probably closest. But, you know, if we want to look at some of the down parts of that game, yeah, Amari Rodgers, man, oof. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> You've had, it's just, you're at the point now when you're watching it. You know, Amari was it uh, earlier in the year, especially, I think it was mostly like in training camp. You know, Rich Basaccio was kind of on him a little bit saying, Fair catching too early. Let's see some returns. Fair catching too early. You know, catching it and there's not a defender in like 10, 15 yards. Now we maybe know why why he was fair catching it. <laughs> kind of half joking there a little bit, but now it's just like you're praying that, okay, just, just hold on to the football. Hold on to the dang football. You just have to wonder if that confidence now is starting to creep in. To his mind here a little bit. Kind of feeling it. Kind of like, ugh, self-doubt. Whew. But it's definitely like, if you're not holding your breath every time you see a punt or a punt return, yeah. At Toys and Ford, they're proud to serve the drivers of Chippewa Falls with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the Eau Claire, Bloomer, and Elk Mound region the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts center in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealer dealership for all of your automotive needs. Check them out today at toysandford.net. Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? Those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need, because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. Hey, maybe we've got our rallying cry. I didn't. I missed this uh, after the uh, after the game when uh, Aaron was doing his post game uh, presser. But you know, 2014 was R E L A X. Relax. 2016. I feel like we can run the table. Maybe this is 2022's version here. This was Aaron with. Uh, Tom Rinaldi, post-game, he said this before he literally walked away from, from, from the mic here. Let's see if it'll... But the biggest thing to remember is we're not dead. We're not dead! We're not dead. That's the rallying cry for this week. We're not dead, or maybe for the rest of the season. So it's R-E-L-A-X. Think it could run the table. And now... We're not dead. Print the T's. Print the T-shirts. We're not dead. Let's go. We're not dead. I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. Uh, a couple more quotes from, from Aaron, though. Uh, he did mention that him and Mike McCarthy met on the field uh, before anybody else was in the stadium. Uh, and, and he said that was a, a very meaningful conversation and just spending time with, with McCarthy and such. Can we put to bed 
the whole narrative that McCarthy or that that Rogers doesn't like McCarthy. Can we just put this to bed now? Can we finally put a little bow tie on it, tuck it in a bed, and just put it away or put it in a closet? Just, just, just can we just drop that narrative now? Yeah, there was probably some little bickering back and forth and some issues. I mean, Aaron kind of alluded to, you know, he's like time heals and time really makes me appreciate uh, the time I had with with Mike McCarthy and, and such. Can we put it to bed that they don't like each other or, he, or Aaron doesn't like him? Let's just let's put that away now, right? We're good to go. G man, you should get off. Uh, can you can you print off a couple of shirts by Thursday? We're not dead. Come on, G man. Let's let's see how good you are. Can you get a couple by Thursday's launch, man? We're not dead. But uh, Aaron also had this to say in his uh, post-game press conference. Last week was definitely a low, rock-bottom-ish for sure. Not in the depressive isolationism way, but more disappointment. I felt like that was the bottom and was only up from there. I think a lot of battles that we face are between I and I, between the person who can go out there and dominate and knows what they can, and the little voice in your head that tries to knock you off that confident perch that you're on so, I'm happy that I knocked that voice back into hell and had a good performance tonight. All right. Oh. <sighs> Living a dream, Jeff. I think they finally figured out the offensive line, which is the lineup where we were wanting well before the uh, organization figured it out. Defense finally started playing. Uh, more bump and run, uh, man-to-man coverage, which also we were clamoring for in Dallas, was blowing up the umbrella zone coverage uh, yesterday. And finally, 12, hopefully realized that he needs to trust the wide receivers he has. Keep feeding them. Seems like Matt is staying with the run game longer as usual. All these reasons will be the key to success. All right, G-Man, I'm putting you to it, okay? Putting you to the task there, big guy. Yeah, you, you look at I don't know how many times you can look at uh, a team quarterbacked by Aaron Charles Rodgers where you ran the ball 39 times and threw the ball 20 times, doubling it up. It started up front. You know, when we go back to, to Friday and we revisit it Friday, what was our first key to victory? It was the offensive line, right? It was the offensive line protecting Aaron Rodgers, opening up holes in the running game. And, yeah, Lawrence got a sack on Rodgers. But Micah Parsons didn't get a hit on him. Offensive line, I thought, played well. Yeah, there was a few hiccups here or there. But for the most part, I thought they played well. And I think a big part of that, though, too, was sticking with the run. Not only sticking with the run, you can stick with the run, but having success with the run. Like, I mean, you can stick with the run. You can run the ball for 25 times and get... 50 yards, 40-some yards. That's not having success with it. You're sticking with it, but you're not having success with it. Green Bay was sticking with it, but having success with it. Which had a nice little trickle-down effect with the passing game. I was looking at some numbers late last night. And, you know, looking at some of the play-action numbers that Green Bay ran. I mean, higher percentage rates. When you're having success running the football... The play-action thing is going to work. You kind of see it a little bit in the game last night. That, yeah, you know, Dallas was playing a lot of, you know, one high stack in the box. But when Green Bay started, they hit a couple of deep passes. 
you kind of saw them backing out of that a little bit and dropping another guy back once in a while. Kind of saw that a little bit. But it all started with that offensive line and, and having success running the football. Aaron Jones having a day. Yeah, I know it's going to be incredibly difficult to to keep Aaron Jones next year based off his cap hit. And maybe they can juggle that around and maybe they can keep putting money in the future. But Aaron Jones is a special player. His vision is... I, I don't think that gets talked enough about on a national sense. His, I mean, there was a few plays last night where... You know, he's stacked up or he sees it blocked up and, he, you know, he's he's cutting back or he's going another way. Just watching that in person, I think, you kind of take it for granted watching it on TV, but watching it in person, his sense, his vision, I don't think gets talked enough about on a national sense. I know it's going to be hard to, to, to keep Jones at that cap number hit that he has next year, but how do you move on from that guy? He is special. Downright special. 24 carries, a buck 38. 5.8 average. 5.8. Had that long with 30 yarder. I'm sure he'll probably get fined for how he entered the end zone, shall we say. But. And you look at some of his numbers that uh, that Aaron Jones has this year. So he's tied for 10th in attempts, yet he's 7th in total rushing yards. He sure looks like he's well on his way to getting over 1,000 yards rushing this year. He's 5.6, though, in average. So let me just kind of bring up who's who's ahead of him here quickly. Uh, okay. So, rushing statistics, average. So, Aaron Jones is eighth, right? Can we say eighth? Yeah. These are like the legit people that are ahead of him. You know, you got like Trenton Irwin, okay? Not many people know him, right? Well, it's because he's played two games. He had one attempt for 11 yards. So, he's number one in attempts. Cool. Jeff Driscoll, quarterback, 7.5, two attempts. Let's go after the real people, like the, the legit ones, okay? So if you do quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson's got a 7.4. Justin Fields, 7.2. Josh Allen, 7.0. You know, Rashad Penny's on this list, but again, just five games and 57 attempts. Tony Pollard's on there. That's a legit one. Six. Then you got Herbert uh, with, with Chicago, six. Nick Chubb, 5.7. Then you got Aaron Jones there. So if we're just looking at the the running backs, like full-time running backs, I'd put Tony Pollard in there. You could put Herbert in there, too, for, for Chicago. Brees Hall's out for the year, but he was up there. Nick Chubb and then Aaron Jones. 5.8. And, I mean, if we want to look at the attempts, though, too, Nick Chubb's got 160 attempts. Aaron Jones is 10th on this list in rushing attempts at 131. 
just a special player. I don't know how you, it's going to be tough. But they got to figure out how to how to keep that man. <laughs> Unless they just want to go full on rebuild. I don't even want to talk about that. That's next year. We'll get to that when we have to get to that, but no. So, but back to it. It started with that offensive line play. I thought they had a solid game. Opening up the running holes, having success with the running game, allowed the passing game to have that success of being able to throw the ball down the field. Defensively, you saw a little bit of a change up here and there. We saw Ford, Rudy Ford. I keep wanting to call him. I got to like do a, a quick pause because in my head, I always want to say TJ Ford, former Milwaukee Buck, great. Um, but sarcasm. Rudy Ford getting in that lineup. We all kind of thought, okay, with the, with the pickup of uh, Jonathan Abram, that that was going to be the natural progression to put Savage out of that safety spot into a nickel roll. Now there's probably some people wondering, well, Ford has been here since the beginning of the year. Why couldn't this move been made quicker? But it was Ford who got an opportunity to have more snaps on the defensive side. He took advantage of that thing. Made a couple of great plays, especially the pick in the end zone that led to points. Not only that, you take away those picks, but you look at some of the other plays that he made. The instincts, the reaction. We just got done talking about that with Aaron Jones. But how he was hitting the hole, there was one play. There was a play where he was, it was a running play. I think the running back still even got like five yards. But there was like nobody. It could have been more. And all of a sudden, you just see Rudy Ford coming from that safety spot. Boom. Making a play. Taking advantage of his opportunities. And we were talking about Friday. It's like, okay. You don't have the luxury to, quote, play it safe. You've got to unleash some, you've got to unleash some things. You've got to unleash Christian Watson. Take some, take some risks with it. Throw some deep balls to him. Get him involved. Utilize him. See what you got. Defensively. Change some things up. See what you got. You don't you can't afford to play it safe. You're gonna have to be a little bit more aggressive. You're gonna have to take some more risks. You're gonna have to take some more chances. Green Bay did that a few times yesterday. And Rudy Ford took advantage of his opportunities. Christian Watson took advantage of it. Yeah, he had a couple of early drops. They went back to him. He took advantage of those opportunities. Had a career day. And hopefully gained some confidence that he can be a regular contributor now. Uh, but yeah, the Amari Rogers thing. I know that's like the, the big negative, and rightfully so, that a lot of people are pointing at. I don't know how you can go back to him at, at punt returner. I know Matt LaFleur was non-committal after it, but the fact that Nixon went into the game as a punt returner, I think, kind of tells you. You can't give him any more opportunities because then you kind of have to start to worry, is it going to creep into Amari Rogers' head? Is it going to creep into his mind? They can say all the right things, but we don't know what's going on in there. It just ain't working out. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to move on from him this year. I don't know if they're going to release him. I mean, you kind of look at their depth chart, and they might need a lot of bodies. I mean, they could, if they wanted to, 
act uh, promote Juwan Winfrey if they wanted to, but I guess I would be mildly. Eh, I shouldn't say that. I could see it going either way. I could see them holding on to Amari Rogers for the rest of the year. I could see them, you know, today moving on from him. I have no idea. But the one thing is, there's no way. There's no way for a team who cannot afford to have mistakes. You cannot put a guy out there where you're just holding your breath that he's going to be able to hold on to the football. His one job, hold on to the football. Hold on to it. And you're holding your breath to see if he can just hold on to it. I, I feel bad for him. I feel sorry. You know, it's just not working out. It's not working out. You know, we, we were kind of excited when Amari Rodgers was drafted, right? It's like, all right, kind of a, a utility slot guy. Utilize him in special teams and that. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe Aaron, maybe Rodgers knew something earlier too because, you know, he wanted Randall Cobb and his quote was, you know, to bring a more typical slot player in. And I, and I know Amari was a rookie in that. But, you know, Rodgers never mentioned Amari Rodgers. i got to be careful. Aaron Rodgers never really mentioned Amari Rodgers as a big, you know, factor in the offense. And what was that What was that line he said a few weeks ago? Yeah, he's, he's helping us on special teams or working on special teams, and that's all i got to say. Paraphrasing, but it's like, eh, not a big ringing endorsement there. Maybe Aaron knew something there. can't put him back there though right you just can't <sighs> what are these we got some uh we got some numbers was it one two three four five six seven eight uh the packers yeah you could hear me counting there i don't have it numbered this is from the athletic but i don't know where they got these these data numbers packers 25 percent chance of making it to the postseason odds uh, chances of getting in using uh, implied odds from betting markets. Okay. Packers have the eighth best chances of making the postseason, according to that. Eagles, Vikings, Cowboys, top three. Bucks, four. 49ers, five. Giants, six. Seahawks, seventh. Then you got the Packers. Interesting. Okay. What is the uh, what is the Seahawks schedule like coming up here? They got the Raiders. They got a bye, but then they got the Raiders. I don't know what to expect from the Raiders. Rams, who the heck knows? Panthers, who? 49ers, okay. And then the Chiefs, okay. Jets, yeah. Maybe, possibly. I don't know. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder, never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the Man Cave.